Hello and welcome along to the Irish F1 show on this glorious Sunday evening. It is the 10th of July and we are reviewing the Austrian Grand Prix in association with PFT Travel. And we thank them for their continued support. PFT Travel, catering for all your transport requirements from a private minibus to luxury air-conditioned coaches. They have the perfect solution for you every time. You can travel in comfort, arrive in style with PFT Travel. You can contact MJ on 087-624-8831 or email pfarreltransport at yahoo.com. Also, Find them on Facebook at P. Farrell Transport Limited. We have a good bit to go through, and we are literally going to tear into this. And a man that looks like he's going to tear into Mondello or somewhere is Barry Rabbit. And Richard Carney looks like he's after climbing Mount Everest or somewhere. Uh, <laughs> lads, you're very welcome. Nice backdrops. I love it. I absolutely love it. How are you keeping? From one opposite to the other. <laughs> All good, Tev. Yeah, it's a bit. We have a busy house here today, so I seek, seek refuge in the in the garage and I was looking around for a chair and sure this is the best one in the house so I jumped yeah. into the hour car and it's as comfy you have yourself strapped in you're, you're anticipating a, a oh, yeah, episode it's going <laughs> to be a rocky one yeah <laughs> you're going to need to widen that seat for me next weekend pal <laughs> yeah, yeah I love it I love it a shed a garage and uh, Mount Everest <laughs> fabulous it's actually fabulous Mount Leinster Kevin yeah but sure look it could, it could be anywhere. Close your eyes and it could be anywhere it's you, with all the noise and the lovely ambience and everything. So, we're here to talk about the Austrian Grand Prix, which, uh, you know, as always, at these Grand Prix tend to have done this year, for the most part, bar one or two, we have a number of talking points. So, the first fact that struck me, um, Leclerc takes the win in a race that he wasn't polled for, for the first time. I think that's a very, very interesting statistic. Barry, I'll come to you on that one first. What yeah, does that, that say? That popped up during the during the race, and I was watching it with uh, Shane, my brother, here at the house, and we both kind of thought, "Geez, that's you know." Of course, we kind of know it if you think back on it, but it was a, an interesting one nonetheless. Never won a race from from outside a pole position, which is, uh, in, you could look at that in a negative way and say, like, "Oh, he's won." It. I mean, I know Vettel used to be classified as you know he only won from the front, but that's hardly a it's, it's hardly a criticism, is it? Like you know, if you're if you're if you're winning. From the front, you've done the hard bit on the Saturday, but um, yeah, it was one of them interesting ones that pop up from time to time. A lot of the, a lot of the, the facts and figures and stats they come up with are, you know, they're a bit, they're a bit of a stretch, maybe you know, true as they are. But that that one definitely caught my attention. So um, he broke that particular duck anyway to to, to, hmm. to get home from from to get the win in the end without starting from pole, as you said. Richie, a first win for Ferrari in Austria since two thousand and three, when one Michael Schumacher won there. Yeah, brilliant. Delighted for Ferrari. Delighted for Charles. Um, just touching on what Barry said about those stats and things. Like, I mean, we can analyze things till they come home, and sometimes I feel they're sort of stupid. Like, in 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 fairness, listen, he didn't start Paul. He won the race. He won it through pure pace. He was quicker than Red Bull. Congratulations, Charles. Race one. Simple as that. Simple as that. Um, on the flip side for Ferrari, while we're on the topic of them, uh, let's talk about their uh, reliability or lack thereof. Uh, science, unfortunately, out. Issues beyond his control. You know, very probably looking at a one-two. I won't say probably, but possibly. Good, strong possibility. And, uh, yeah, it was disappointing for him. Um, I'm a big science fan, as you know. And, uh, look, it's, it's, it's very disappointing for him. And... To be honest with you, lads, as someone that's Marshall, not so much at a racetrack, but Marshall in general, I don't like criticising volunteers, but that was fairly hairy. Like, the car was on fire, it was rolling backwards, 
he was under pressure to get out of it. In fairness, the camera did cut to a different angle, which they have to do, I suppose, for safety purposes. You don't want to make people worried at home and all that. But for a second, I was like, that's you get out of bloody thing. Like, um, how did that look to you, Barry, in particular? Am I being a bit harsh on the volunteers here? No, I mean, I, I, I think what you might have seen there is like we, we, we see it a lot. Yeah, they're volunteers and everything else, but they go, very, they go through very stringent and um, taxing. I suppose training of various different types, um, you know, during your before races, during the off season, everything else. But, um, you know, unfortunately, I've been in a couple of situations through the years where, you know, where you know, kind of dire straits, emergency type things, you know, and it's all well and good in theory until it actually happens. And I think y- you can train as much as you like for something, but when the reality kicks home, you know, it, it, some people are good in situations like that and some people aren't. I don't think there's any more to it than that. I think, was it Mike Tyson or someone said, like, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face, you know, and then it yeah. all goes out the window. So I think I think there's a the good part. I mean, I don't know the guy from Adam who, who was there, but, you know, a bit of panic, a bit of, you know, maybe just not being rational about it. Um and like I said, you can be, you can train. I mean, I had an incident a few years ago where we, we were literally just driving down the road and we seen a, a guy took a seizure and, and and ended up on his back, blood everywhere. You know, like he, he was in a bad way, let's be honest. And, and, and myself and the brother stopped and there was a woman nearby who wasn't with him, but was happy to be walking alongside. She was freaking out, like just absolutely going ballistic. And it turned out afterwards, she was a trainee nurse. Like we, I, I, you know, van driver basically on the side of the road. But she, she had, she showed, she had a lot of training. But it was, it was her first her afterwards. It was her first kind of real life situation, and it, and it, and it hit her hard. Like you know, that she, yeah. she just couldn't cope. She just didn't cope. Pure and simple. And I don't, I don't say that in a, a knocking sense. I mean, you know, some people are equipped for it, and some people aren't. And maybe you know, unfortunately, with the likes of what happened today, you know, and especially with the cameras of the world on you, um. You know the training and the copybook exercises kind of go out the window when something like that happens and maybe that's it was just a case of that maybe i don't know but i don't know how you train for that or how you get around it because you can't put people into those real world no matter how many yeah. situations you create they're back of your mind you know it's not real world it's a simulation um mm. so i don't think there's any real way around it other than a bit of potluck and yeah who you get at the moment there's one. There's only one solution I can think of, and it seems it seems like a bit of common sense. But you always have to have an experienced person there with someone that hasn't experienced it for the first time. And then when they're out there for the first time, a little reminder, if you can at all, that look, you you are here today. You're the one in charge. Remember what happened before. Stick to the plan. Just that bit of reassurance. Which I'm sure is there. But we've always we've been in rooms, right? Um, we've all been in rooms. I'm sure. Maybe a driver's briefing or something, and like you just can't get out of fucking thing quick enough. But they're there to serve a purpose, and that's probably an example of the purpose. Yeah, I think so. But at the end of the day, someone, you know, there's very few people are going to be experienced with putting out a fire in a Formula One car on the TV. Like, that's not something that you're going to be able to draw and say, right, put one person who's put a fire out of a Formula One car on every corner. It's just not going to happen. They're not going to, there isn't enough of a pool of people to put a, you know, I, I'd say if you lined all the marshals up there, the whole the whole tracks worth of marshals and officials and fire, you know, stewards and all these volunteers who do great work. And you and yes, said, can anybody who's actually put a, a car out in real life in the middle of a race situation put their hands up? I'd be very surprised if more than one or two put their their hands up to that. So I think I don't think you can actually legislate for it. To be perfectly yeah. honest, I think there's loads of people that have gone through training. 
there's loads of people who's done it you know in different circumstances but you know on a live track a ferrari f1 car goes and fire in front of you I, I i just don't think there is that experience thankfully i mean a good few years ago in the 70s there probably would have been 50 or 100 hands that shot up and say yeah i put up with f1 car out yesterday i put one out this morning i pulled out a week ago yeah because they they're probably they're so probably often. they probably didn't barry because the extinguishers weren't there and just touching yeah, on your point very true yeah they weren't there in like, the first place yeah just so touching I, on your point on the live footage of the race when science went on fire, I thought it was really funny. Um, that you could see in the background sort of a heavy set marshal trudging down carrying an extinguisher, and he gets to within 10 or 15 feet of the car, puts the extinguisher on the ground, and walks away, heads in the that. opposite direction. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, man? The car's on fire. You have an extinguisher. You have the one thing he needs, like. I, I swear to God, and listen, I don't get me wrong. We love marshals. We can't Hard. rest without marshals. We fucking love them to bits. But, man, did, if you look back at it, I'm, I swear to God, he trudges down, puts the extinguisher on the ground 10, 15, 20 foot away, and walks away, like. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it, like, we when you're it, talking about training and things of marshals, like, oh. yeah, we seen it with Grosjean's crash in in was it 2020? 2020, where are we now? 2020, 2020, yeah, 2020. Um, you know, there was there was footage there of someone you know putting out a fire. Like the man was still in the car. There was someone putting out a, a lick of flame thirty foot away. Like you know, it's I, I and I don't mean it in a badness. I just think. As I said, unfortunately, I was in a, a, a pretty bad garage fire myself at the house where my best mate got very badly burned, third degree burns. And, you know, Richie knows the story there. And, it, you know, it's a very, very scary situation. And, you know, I think it's luck of the draw a lot of times where some people can deal with it and others can't. And I, and I don't say that in a knocking sense because... What the man that can't deal with it will be brilliant at something else that the person who did deal with it won't be able to do. It's just, you know, it's it's pluses and minuses. We have them in all in our, you know, all of us have things we're better at than others. Um yeah. and I don't think you know that until until the time comes. Um and maybe we've seen a little bit of that today, you know, but luckily enough the the the, the safety conditions were our safety procedures elsewhere were were good enough. To, uh, to to mean there was no 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 damage whatsoever to to Carlos, but it was a big it was a, it was a big bang, you know, getting back to the actual failure Jesus. itself. To see the bodywork explode, yeah, 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 it was it, scary. It, that was I, a, that wasn't just a you know a, a ruptured line or something. That was something decided to you know head out of town and get out of the engine. <laughs> There's got, a rod wanna, to an alternate somewhere. Like. I'm going to move on from it, but I'm going to move on lightly from it uh, because. Just I have to kind of tell the story uh, that, that I'd heard previously about another garage where um, some sort of fuel had to be taken from a car anyway and it was put into a kettle. And uh, this guy rocked up on you to your man's garage or whatever and next thing went upon the kettle. And you hear the kettle fucking exploded, like proper exploded. Now the whole place didn't burn up or anything, but he had no idea. Like he just, you know, went in as you would, stick on the kettle, boom. Yeah. The whole place. <laughs> or the whole kettle, you know. But uh, yeah. anyway. Uh, okay, right, let's move on to our next point. And it's early on in the race and the clash between Perez and Russell. What did we make of that? George obviously gets a, a five-second penalty after this. But, Baz, break this one down for us. 
think it's harsh. I mean, it, it it was very it was very similar to the was it Hamilton and um uh Alec Albon a couple of years ago, very, very similar. Um at the end of the day, the F one has a rule whereby if the car if there's a car alongside, you must give them room to race. Or you must give them at least a car weight or a little bit more. Um it's a strange thing in our sport that the rules are actually in general in motor racing as opposed to F1. The rules can be a little bit vague and they probably have to be because no two situations are the same. But in F1, it's very clear. If there's a car alongside you and they deem alongside to be anything at all of an overlap, I think maybe, you know, the front wheel alongside the rear wheel sort of thing, um, you must give the guy room. Um, now, I see it online a lot of time on Twitter and stuff. People go, oh, well, he understeered into him as some form of excuse, you know, or he was on heavy tanks so the car wouldn't turn properly or his tires were worn or there was a slippy track. Blah, blah. It doesn't matter. The guy in control is the guy in the seat. And if you've got heavy tanks or you've got understeer or anything else, that's your responsibility. A car doesn't understeer on its own behalf. A car understeers because you're going a little bit too fast, ultimately, for the grip of the front tires. That's not a problem at a grip of the front tires. That's you asking too much of the front tires and understeering into it. It's not an excuse. We've seen it with Hamilton and Verstappen and Silverstone. People, you know, I was offline. Oh, well, that's because Max tightened the apex, the entry to the corner up on him and made him, you know, he had to, and I'm more acute. Like, yes, all true, but it's still Hamilton's responsibility to drive his car in the room available to him. And what I seen today with Russell was basically he tried to go through the corner at the same speed that he would have if Perez wasn't on his outside. But Perez was on his outside. So he needed to be that little bit slower because he had that little bit left back to blend out into on the exit. Um, and ultimately he didn't. And he tagged wheels and he got the penalty that he deserved. Unfortunately, Perez got a much bigger penalty um in terms of the damage that led to you know dropping to last and then subsequently a dnf um so just silly to be honest um silly from russell uh, as the first lap it wouldn't have been the end of the world he should have given up not given it up but he should have just you know there's a car over there right that's now the limit and factor that the car is the limit of my um available track as opposed to the curve and the gravel um and, and and adjust his inputs accordingly. And he didn't do that, and he tagged him. He turned him around. He got a penalty, um, which is completely deserved um, in general terms and absolutely black and white F one's regulations. So, you know, just a pity to see it happen so often. I think. Mm. Uh, Richie, we saw track limits an awful lot today in general. Oh man, this is one of the those things that just boils my blood. Like, if you don't want the driver to use concrete or curbs or don't put them there. Like if you don't want the driver to use it, do not have them there. Like I mean, me, Barry, you know, we'll take every advantage we can get from any part of the track. Like just put grass there, put gravel, put something that's going to Stop them from running out over that. I, 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 I just hate this track limits thing. Yeah. Right. Can you elaborate on that, Barry, just slightly there? So, like, do you? Yeah. Want... I mean, the, the point is, is that as Richie says, the driver's the driver's duty is to minimise the steering inputs and the angles to get around a track, and um, because by minimising the steering angle and the, the all the rest of it, 
you can go faster ultimately right so you're going to come in if a given right hand corner for talk's sake you're going to come in on the extreme left hand side of the track you're going to get to the extreme right of the apex and you're going to exit on the extreme left of the exit curve so you're going to minimize that line instead of it being like this you're going to try and make it more of a stats and at the end of the day the driver will do that and and an arbitrary white painted line on the side of the track is in theory if you say you say well just treat it as a wall and that's grand in theory but it, it doesn't work that way in reality because it's not a wall it just isn't like it, it, you can pretend all you like but it's not and i think that coupled with the very poor visibility that modern single seaters and f1 cars in particular have from the cockpit um contributes to you know a line on the ground you gotta remember i'm actually i wonder if i could do it i'm sitting in my car here and you can see so actually easy. yeah can you, you can, turn like, the camera around barry? barry if this is now my car is do before i do it my car is in is on jack stands okay so it's about three foot three foot in the air thereabouts but if i turn the camera around at my my angle so at my eye level right which is i presume we're looking yeah so yeah, my eye level is there lads okay now i don't have wheels on the car at the moment if you look ahead of where i'm talking from you can probably see the truck out there and the fact that you might be able to see the bottom that truck is 30 feet away you know mm -hmm. and that's the first bit of ground that i can see and i'm sitting three foot in the air so if i lower it's going to be lower again you so trying to see something that's there a white line that's there i've had to pick that phone up maybe a foot and actively point it down so you can see that you're not going to see that in reality in a, in, in, in a car it's a, if it's a wall it's three foot high so it's a different visual to just a random line on the ground it's, it's you see so little out of the car it's incredible no don't see on the ground at any sort of height it, it could be twice that distance before you can see it so um like richie says a, a physical or or or, a, or coupled with we're losing your sound slightly bar i don't know if your hand is on the speaker or not but sorry any better there that's it better now yeah any better. sorry might have been holding it a bit funny um so yeah if it's something something that's raised you'll see it easier and a line on the ground um okay so you could say well the line on the ground could be grass um it, it could be grass or it could be a gravel trap what's the difference between that well if it's a grass or a gravel trap you probably won't push the limits just as much if it's an arbitrary white line that it you know apart from a penalty it doesn't matter if you go over the outside of it um so there's a few things at play there um the new cars certainly aren't helping the drivers are buried down in the cockpit of them um they've got very limited peripheral vision and then a white line that's you know the last time they see that white line that they ultimately break is probably 80 foot in front of them and then and then they might break it so you know they're, they're, it's not like driving down the road and trying to stay in your own lane it's a lot different mm -hmm. fair enough just uh, richie the children are having a great time you can hear you can hear them in the background <laughs> it's a lovely it's a lovely summer's evening kevin what can i do yeah that's it that's it yeah yeah 
Jenny Mac, they're having a right old time. I wish I wish I was having as much fun myself. Uh, po- podcasting is the best one you can have at the moment in terms of my life. And uh, the missus, the missus says I'm doing too much of them. So anyway, that's what that's where we're at with that. We won't we won't go into that particular one. But venturing back to today, then lads. So uh, a particular highlight for me as well was uh, the battle for six. So I think we'd land on Norris, Ocon, Magnussen, Schumacher, um, Alonso could have been in the mix at, at one particular point as well, and. That that got really really exciting, didn't it? All of a slap. A oh, six seven car battle there for what was it? Four fifth, six and seventh, was it? Yeah, look, it was mad. It was absolutely mad. It was brilliant. Formula four race, guys. Dyson. Yeah. I think I put a message into our little group. This is brilliant. Yeah, and he did. What, what yeah. about Alonso uh, putting two wheels on the grass as he went by? Was it Sonoda? Oh yeah, that, that, that was. The little, I'm giving the him little. the wag. Yeah, yeah. Window. Don't you be doing that, young fella? Yeah, yeah. Pure brilliant. class. Pure Vettel, class. Vettel's comment as well, lads. We were talking about it off air, weren't we? About you know when he got put off the track or whatever. Um, he was saying, "When are, are these guys going to learn or something along those lines?" You know what I mean? The experience campaign or saying, "Well, these young lads are taking drive you mad, basically." <laughs> what he was saying, you know. But um, well, his was a very similar, um, if I'm not mistaken, situation to it was. Yeah, it was. To, to, to the um to the Perez and Russell uh type thing, so yeah, it's just I don't know, it's really silly, you know. It doesn't need it doesn't need to happen. Um, and it could be a little bit. But there's a, there's Richie will know about this, and I'll go go to him on it. But there is a bit. So some it's very funny. Some people look at it and go, oh, we tried it around the outside. Sure, that's that's what bound to happen. But. It's it's you know so I think sometimes people do when they when when there's a car going around your outside. First of all, you got to remember getting passed around the outside as a racing driver is humiliating. It's really you know you should never really be passed around the outside. You know in 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 equal or any way towards equal. And I don't mean equal in terms of you know a Ferrari versus a Haas. Obviously, there's little differences there, but two F1 cars are close enough that one should really never pass the other around the outside because basically what it means is the guy in the inside bottled it. That's pretty much what it means. So it's humiliating for it to happen. So I think what you see is if someone does get around the outside, the guy in the inside gets a little bit, you know, precious maybe and real embarrassed and do, and, and he's fighting back too late at that point. And that's where you see the contact then because they, they, they know like, can pass around the outside, whether it be a Fiesta in Mondello or an F1 car in in Red Bull Ring. It's embarrassing. It shouldn't happen. Like, and I think you get a little bit of desperation from the guys on the inside when they see it happening, mm-hmm. and they fight back a bit too too hard, maybe, and you know, a bit of red mist sticks in, and then all of a sudden they're 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 on the loud pedal, the front end pushes, and bang, the other guy spins out. Like, um, I think there might be a little bit more of that going on than meets the eye. It's that little unwritten rule, isn't it? Like, I mean, you know, someone tries to go around the outside of you, you push, you push, you push, you, you squeeze, you squeeze, and you just make sure it doesn't get by you. Like, yeah, the problem with F1 is it's very black and white that you must leave the guy your cars with. In other, sp- in, in other racing, it's not maybe just as black and white as that. There's mentioned of racing lines and stuff, which really muddies the issue. It really muddies the issue. Well, but in, to be fair, in F- Bar. To be fair, Bar, if it was that black and white, there'd be a million penalties for every race. Like, I mean, they do let a lot go. Like, they would, but I wonder, Richie, is maybe 
is there a question to be saying that or you know that in F1 being that black and white, whereas if there's someone alongside you, that's it, give them racing room, end of story, forget racing lines, and you know, he turned the yeah, enemy, but, you're right, and yeah, like, are, are we taking the race in our racing? Like, it's hard to know. I would suggest that you know, if someone's got up alongside you and they go around, they've, they've done the hard bit, they've got to the, they've got alongside you. You know, you, you got to give them a little bit of respect and and, and give you rabbit. I've oh. often got alongside you, and you <laughs> give me nothing. So, yeah, but you see, that's the rules the way they are. If it was an F one, Richie, I give you a car with. <laughs> I guess we'll never figure that out, will we? <laughs> you race to the rules. The rules mightn't be right, but you race to the rules. So yeah, I'm not saying I've never given a lot of squeeze and an exit. Absolutely, I have. But the rules allow that in what we're doing. They don't in F1, you know. And I actually genuinely personally believe that the F1 rule is good. Leave, leave if there's room on the outside. Sorry, if there's a car on your outside, give them racing room. Um, you know, it's it's just cleaner. It's just it takes the kind of, you know, the opinion side out of it. It's just literally there's room. Oh, there's a car there. Leave them room. End of story. You know, and they didn't do that. They didn't do it at the end of the day. And, and look, they both got penalties. So, but actually, did they both get penalties? No, the, the, um, just, um, oh, only one of them got a penalty. Uh, I, think. I was yeah, looking well, for no, the next Russell topic, so <laughs> I beg, I beg your pardon. I, I actually missed what you were finishing up on because I was ready to move on to the next topic, lads. So. Sorry, well, I know Russell got the penalty for Ocon, or sorry, for for Perez, but did um, who, Lando who Norris. Was Gasly was it? Lando. Gasly, or... Gasly got a penalty and so did Norris. Yeah, because Gasly, Gasly was involved with, with Vettel at that time, I think, yeah? From memory. Yes. Yeah. 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 Vettel yeah. secure for Vettel, next year again, obviously. Yeah, just tried to go around it. the outside of uh, Gasly, yeah, and Gasly done what me and Barry would normally do if someone is that far ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting thing to be thrown out there. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, listen, uh, I suppose what it comes down to is when the nose lenders in front you know, you have the advantage, I suppose, as Vettel said. Yeah, right or wrong? Just I know, Barry is right. Barry is right. Like, I mean, for good racing, good racing to watch, spectators, to, like, yeah. If if the guy is ahead of you, you know, give him, give him the spot and then fight back. Go on again. Yeah, you've, yeah. You've, all, you've already let him, you've already made a mistake by letting him get there in the first place. You know, there's no yeah. point in... They said, you know, I closed the door. Well, his, his hand, arm and foot was through the door and then you closed it. That's a different thing to closing it while he's still, you know, running up the corridor. Like, you know, it's a different thing altogether. It's just, you know, he's already in. He's put, you know, he's, he's done the hard bit. You look at most sports, though. I think I think social media is largely responsible for this. It's not exclusive to F1. The scrutiny under every sport now is just so intense that... I think it has made things more black and white, unfortunately. And that even goes for conversation about topics on social media. There's no middle ground whatsoever, and there is no common sense. It's either I'm right, you're wrong, or the opposite. We can't even agree yeah. to disagree, which is horrendous. I agree with that, Kevin. You know? Yeah. And, and then, unfortunately, 100%. 100%. It's, it's the, you know, empty vessels make the most noise sort of thing then as well. You know, you have lads there that probably, you know, if they got into this car, they get into it and sit backwards in it, like you know. And then they and then they're they're on Twitter or whatever else, shouting from the rooftops how you know this is wrong and that's wrong and like not to be, but having the first notion of what's going on, like you know. I think the and, only and, thing 
Barry, that's worse than, than F1 and GA and everything, is boxing. Boxing is like, oh God, it really grinds my gears all together. The amount of experts and the amount of guys that actually just throw shit at boxers, and if they stood in front of them, I don't think they'd be saying anything of the colour of that. Not, you know what I mean? There's not, there's not. That's the thing. It's the most, you know, it's like, Jesus, what was it? Conor McGregor went on the other day at Monaco, was it? And like someone said, I've never seen someone so confidently speak such absolute shite in my life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, you know, he doesn't have a first clue what he's looking at in F1 or whatever. And But you'd get these kind of, you know, fans on social media and everything else, and they're so they're just so convinced that they're right like you know and it's mm. it's shocking like you know how they, there's no there's no place in their mind to even leave a five percent window to think that you know maybe i'm not right like and that's you see a lot of that you know and unfortunately <clears throat> it's, it's probably a silent a silent or a sorry what do they call it a, a vocal minority and you know, doing all the shouting, and there's a there's probably is a, a majority of people that do understand that just saying nothing, but unfortunately, we don't hear them. All we hear is the lunatics that are just absolutely convinced, no matter what. Yeah, but like, like that, that another thing that bugs me on this point is like, you know, you have these guys sitting in front of computer games. And they're going, oh, Mick Schumacher is shit. He's after crashing here. He's after crashing there. And Fernando Alonso has passed it. Yeah. Vettel is shit. What the fuck are you talking about, lads? You just don't know. You're playing F1 on a PlayStation or a fucking computer game. You know nothing about real life Formula yeah. One sport. Like, what? Like, stop, like, please. Yeah, that, but they don't—they don't know what they don't know, and that's the—that's the problem, you know. It's that you literally hit on the head. They don't know what they don't know. That's exactly. It. That's it. In a nutshell, you know. So and the lad who says I don't know is that you know. So if somebody says to ask you a question and you say I, I actually don't know, like that's one of the cleverest things a person can yeah. say to you. It's like I don't know. That's yeah. fine. The lad that knows everything, you need to be worried of. Lads, you two are on this podcast because I actually don't know. Genuinely, like. The yeah, two but that's... that are involved in racing, I ask you the questions, and I'm curious because I want to know so I can learn as well. You know, I'm a but fan, I can appreciate what's the... going on, but you're that's already the whole in the vast, it. you're already in the vast minority by even willing to consider the fact that you might know something like that. Jesus Christ, oh. Kev has taken you a while now, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I, I could go down the argument of Bill O'Hurley who pretended he didn't know, then... <laughs> you know. Uh, Actually, lads, did we mention? Did we mention that we got the number one in the charts in Apple Podcasts? Yeah. I don't think we did. Yep, in the sports news category, we rose to number one during the week. So we want to say thanks to our uh, loyal listeners for for making that happen. Um, yeah, we did try to study the Apple algorithm. Didn't come up with much answers. It's a bit airy fairy, but we got the number one. We'll take Doesn't it. Matter. Leave it on, and uh, we are delighted with it. Absolutely delighted. Um, Oh, we'll it's, like Oliver it's like Oliver Pallas in the 96 Monaco Grand Prix. He's not quite sure how he won it, but he fucking won it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Well, as you said, uh, and you, you, you made a very good point by using the pun, uh, it's apples versus apples, even though it's yeah. on the Apple platform, which is quite yeah. ironic. But, you know, the one the one thing, you know, the, the other thing was when we, when we did get going initially, I think we were in the, like 107 or something in the overall Spotify charts. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, so yeah, this this is gathering pace in the early stages, and you know, just want to say thanks to to you two. You know what I mean? Because 
The feedback's ah, been great. Kevin, Kevin, great who, the, who the fuck doesn't love a rabbit? <laughs> a fox. A fox. Like a fox does like it, yeah. <laughs> For all the wrong reasons. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. No, it's a great go. result, lads. And I think, I think Kevin in particular, it's, it's, it's your baby. We just come along here and talk to you. So, you know, well done. It's uh, It didn't happen by accident, so fair play to you. Team Kev, we enjoy ourselves. I really enjoy it. Myself and Barry, yeah. really good mates. I, I just like I said I was in Barry's company yesterday at Brooks Christening. Great day. Thanks, Barry. No um, bother, lad. No bother. Thanks for coming up. But yeah, but this is it. You know, we just we we're just here having like, the app about We're all just mates doing this. Thing, a bit of crack. Yeah, 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 yeah. On a on a shoestring as well. You know what I mean? In <laughs> fairness, like you know, we there's competitors in that. Yeah, look, I'm not going to start uh, kind of yoking us up, right? But there is competitors there that have fully kitted out studios, faders, desks, and the whole lot. We're in a, a fucking shed, like you know what I mean? <laughs> With a laptop <laughs> and a webcam and a thirty quid light and a ten euro uh, microphone stand and a fifty euro microphone. Do you know, it's not bad, Kevin. We'll take, we'll take, Kevin. We'll take, I'm yeah. in the south of France here, and I want. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and Richie's vineyard and Richie's vineyard. <laughs> we forgot about that. We forgot about that. But anyway, that's that's where we are. That's our that's our shameless look at us. How fucking great we are. <laughs> Segment over with. Uh, right. Let's take it back to to, to matters ongoing, as the fella said. Um, so uh, Richie's not a fan of facts, as he said earlier. But having said that, uh, Mercedes have now finished third seven times this year, and there is an argument here or a theory that maybe while appreciating that they are good results that a little bit of luck has been involved in terms of retirements along the way where are we here in terms of the balance uh credit where it's due with a car that hasn't been completely up to scratch or made the most of misfortune of others barry i'll start with you there yeah i think i don't think any of them third place positions you know good as they are with a with a poorer car i don't think any of them were won on just pure pace i think they've been position themselves as the best of the rest more often than not and they've inherited podiums based on like today where you'd a, a ferrari and a red bull not finishing so you know all things being equal it would have been another fifth place position um at best and i think without having the facts and figures in front of me i think that's pretty much what's happened most of the year round so um again to kind of go back to our previous point of social media and stuff every time it kind of happens that you know they get a podium it's kind of like oh we're back they're back they're coming back here we go but but i think generally it's it's um look you, you know you gotta finish first first you gotta finish as the old adage goes but so that you know they're there at, at the at the checker flag so it's a third place there's no question about that but it's not one on pace i don't think um i think they're the fifth best they can generally finish is fifth or sixth place on pace and then hope for a couple of retirements and, and grab a podium and that seems to be what's happening however i do think they're getting slowly chipping away at it and i think that they will go to certain tracks where their car will work um like silverstone last weekend um maybe paul ricard maybe spa i'm not sure um but there'll be a couple of tracks where they where, where, where they kind of just work um, and they might, they might, they might win those podiums on pace as opposed to reliability and the the, the, the bad fortune of others. Next one for you, Richie. Uh, Mick Schumacher six, not long after getting his first points, sixth. That's pretty good, in fairness. Oh, Richie's volume's gone. Uh, we need to get the mute button sorted here. She's still muted down in the corner. 
maybe technical support is on hand. They were there a little bit earlier. Uh, might get it sorted again. But uh, yeah, there we go. The technicians are in. I tell you one thing, lads, this team. Uh, there was another technician in uh, Barry Howard's carriage earlier as well. Uh, I think he's gone for a tea break, but uh, thankfully the technology has... <laughs> he's a young lad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there we go. Richie, you're back. Yeah, now we're, now we're right. Good man. So I'll ask you that one again. Mick Schumacher, yeah. sixth. You're obviously uh, you're obviously delighted for him. Like it's, uh, it's a big boost in fairness to his confidence. Um, I just have to say about Mick Schumacher, um, I was really happy yesterday to see him so upset after the sprint race. He, you know, I was shades of his dad. He was like, like I'm quicker than Magnuson. Don't be holding me up here. Um, he proved it today. I seen, I'm not saying, listen, he, he, he might never be as good as his dad, but I seen shades of his dad on circuit today. Aggression, passing, like firing it up the inside. Like I'm a, a massive Mick Schumacher fan and Ferrari fan, but, um, no, absolutely couldn't be more happier for Mick Schumacher today. Sixth place, his confidence is growing, and it just likes looks like you know he's turning the corner and garnering a bit of momentum. Yeah, a bit of confidence uh, like. I might be I might be a bit too far out in saying whether he'd sneak a podium by the end of the season or not. Probably not, but so happy to see him up there fighting. Yeah, who knows, guys? Who knows? I just want to run down through uh, the top 10. Uh, so Leclerc obviously takes the win for Stappen second and a fastest lap in there as well. Hamilton third, uh, Russell fourth, Ocon fifth. Great result there as well. Mick Schumacher sixth, Norris seventh, Magnussen eighth, Ricardo ninth, and Fernando Alonso in tenth. Uh, we want to go down through the standings as well, just to let you know where everyone is at. In the Drivers' Championship, Max Verstappen on 208 now, Leclerc on 170, Perez on 151, Science 133, and Russell 128 with Hamilton on 109. Uh, moving across to the uh, constructors then. Just bear with me as we load her up. Uh, still out in front, obviously, Red Bull on 359. Ferrari on 303, and that would be much higher only for liability. But anyway, uh, Mercedes 237 then, in turn, McLaren 81 and Alpine 81 as well. So, lads, um, before we just do a little quick one on uh, what's happening in two weeks' time, any other thoughts there before we move on? Is your bum sore, Barry? No, this is so comfortable. It's grand. Have a little, like, not off here now very easily, Richie. It's very, a <laughs> whiff of petrol, which is a bit disconcerting. <laughs> but, but other than that, she's, yeah, she's as comfy as. Yeah. Good okay. stuff. We'll get Barry over. We'll get Barry over. We promised the 40-minute mark, anyway, was our target, I think, for most of these. So, uh, yeah, we're off to, we're off to France in, in two weeks' time. Well, boys in the F1 are. We're not, unfortunately. <laughs> but I maybe next France, year we will. Kevin. Oh, sorry, I forgot. Jesus, how could I forget? Fake it, how could I forget? Uh, you, you save us a bottle of wine, will you? Uh, <laughs> I'll bring you home on. I'll bring you home on. Good man, good man. Stick a rock will do. Stick a rock. Um, <laughs> so, what what are we thinking then, lads? So, this circuit is, I always thought, was kind of a, a funny one. Um, yeah, like Paul Ricard wouldn't be a fan. I think it's, I, I, I just think it's, it's one of those tracks that's just, you know, they just, they just drew a, drew a line around a big car park basically. So, um, bring back. I, I much much prefer the old school stuff, the spas, the Suzukas, Silverstones, Monaco's. Which you know, Paul Ricard is, I believe, a very good track for testing on because they can replicate all sorts of conditions and everything else. But 
no, it's not it's not a good race circuit in my opinion. So we won't be expecting a whole pile there. But um, I think you don't, you I don't think get Ferrari's, punished. You don't get punished when you go off, Barry. Do it just doesn't where, even like, look right. It does, like it's not. Where where's the grass? Where's the gravel? Where's your proper race circuit like? It, well, correct. It's just there is there. Yeah, it's there's nothing wrong with it as a circuit. It's just it, it, it's you know I don't know. I don't think it's a particularly good racing circuit. It doesn't look great. It's just a bit bit of a weird one. But you know it'll be you know it, it could. There's no reason why it couldn't throw up a good good Grand Prix. But it's it's not one I I particularly look forward to. Um, I tell you one but, thing, lads. Just before we go, the straight line speed of that has today. Yeah, very impressive. Holy fuck. Yeah. Yeah, Unreal. very, very fast. Yeah. I don't know, is that just he has they have it trimmed out or, or what, but it was definitely it, it was noticeably quick, all right. So oh, man. Good, good. That's why I think they did so well at, at Austria. Austria is really just a, a attraction and power circuit, you know, because only ten corners on it at the end of the day, and it's a couple of big acceleration phases. So uh possibly, you know, a low drag types of car might, might do well there and you know we've seen it with the Haas with a couple of good results so we shall see I think stay it's Ferrari. on Mick stay on Mick I think Ferrari are a little bit of a renaissance now hopefully they'll uh, they'll stick with it and a bit of, bit of strategy just you were asking Kev about anything else just before we wrap up what about Leclerc's last few laps with that oh lad oh lad I know it's very easy to, to, to dismiss that, um, but from a driver's point of view, that's absolutely horrible situation to have. Um, now you have me sitting up, Barry. Situation. Yeah, in any situation, oh, that's... Man. But to be leading the race after such a bad spell of results and to have the throttle... I think afterwards he said it, was, it wasn't it was going back to zero. It was staying at about 25 or 30% on. I'd say, I'd say obviously, spring broke. Throttle is not returning. A spring broke or some, whatever well, return all mechanism just wasn't bringing the throttle back up. Yeah, at one point he said he was having to lift physically lift the pedal with yeah, his foot. To be foot, honest, yeah. if that's the case, I don't know how we finished the race. Never mind. One tell, tell that young lad to go on to Facebook there somewhere else. With you. <laughs> yeah, I can hear I can hear all the stories going through or something. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. But it's it's um no, it's a that's a very that that if he had to, I, I don't actually think. He could pull the pedal back up. I'm sitting here in the car now, just and like I don't think he could pull the pedal no. back up. But the wooden, the, the I actually, I, I thought that myself because you sitting in your car, can you fully accelerate your uh, throttle and take it back up with your own toe? No, I don't no, think so. No, no chance. No, 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 no chance. No, I think Didn't maybe. Think what so. I, I think what he might have meant is the throttle might have been returning. In, in a physical sense, but it's only it's only a drive by wire, so there's no mechanical connection between the throttle pedal and the engine. It's just yeah, and it's actually yeah. the same on my car. It's a fly by wire. It's a switch on the pedal with yeah, a wire. There's a, there's a potentiometer there. Yeah, that, that takes a reading as the throttle goes up and down, and there would be a built-in spring in that. It just yeah. would not be nowhere near as you know. You still have to add an external spring. To bring to it take, back, yeah, to make yeah, to it work quicker. Back. So I would imagine what was happening was that there was some digital electronic problem whereby the throttle pedal may have been physically returning, may have been. I mean, I'm only guessing here, but even though it was physically going back to say zero, it was still 
reading as 20%. And the problem with that is when he gets to the slow corners, as he, the car is driving on, when he's on the brakes, yeah, it's like yeah, driving with yeah. your foot on the brakes and on the throttle. So the, uh, in the middle of that slow corner, the car will be pushing on with, with a trot, with throttle applied to it. Not physically with his foot, but as far as the engine is concerned, it's got 20% throttle. And that would be not only very Charles, difficult. Charles actually drive. said it, didn't he? Coming to turn three, he said, turn like, three, they, I, it's not downshifting. It's not downshifting because... It was still the throttle. Was, oh, the car shouldn't... Yeah. The, car, the electronics in the car would be going, I can't pull down a gear, you're still on the throttle. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, a lot of stuff going on there would refuse a downshift to try and protect itself. So he did, I think, you know, be interesting. I'd love to know exactly what was wrong with it and how that felt from the driver's point of view. But... Again, watching for, with that little bit of experience of racing, looking in from the outside, watching that ah. horrible situation for him to be in. Ah, uh, lad. He did amazing to get to get it home. To be to be to be frank, he did. To be fair, as I was saying, I'm I'm I'm. Listen, we're never biased on this show, as we said before. But I'm a massive Ferrari fan, so um, never, never biased. <laughs> 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 But that'll be it. There's a McLaren there as well. We're definitely not biased. There's a McLaren behind me. <laughs> uh, go on, go on. But Charles, Charles's last five laps, I was like, oh, please, please. And then, like, with what happened with Carlos, I was like, please, please just stay together. Then he started on about his throttle. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with your throttle. It's all in your head. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with it. Just, you're, you've seen Carlos's car. Forget about it. Go. But, man, you see the Barry, like I, I drove a lap and a half in my last race. I finished, I won the race, but I had to finish the last lap and a half with a broken rose joint on the rear. And man, when you're trying to get that over the line, that's not nice. No, no, it's not. I, I, I like, yeah, it is really. And, and, and I just think about, didn't Charles, the first thing he said was the throttle pedal feels weird. So yeah. It, May have been a mechanical thing. I, 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 you know, I'm just kind of thinking as I'm talking here, and it, it, so more so than electronics. But look, the, the the net result is what it is that he was not in full control of the, 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 the you know, the throttle application to the engine, and that's it's pretty significant. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's 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 an important it's an important tool at the end of the day, and he wasn't fully in control of it. To get a home with Verstappen four seconds or three seconds, I think a two and a half behind him. Um, you know, that's Fair off enough. the first. Well done. Yep, big time. Lads, thanks for your company. Really enjoyed it. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. Barry can't wait to get with that car. Richard can't wait to have another pint. <laughs> 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 thanks a million. We'll chat to you soon. All right. Thanks Bye a million, Kev. Take Good care. Stuff. There we go. Barry Rabbit and Richie Carney. And uh, thanks to PFT Travel. Safely on time, every time. PFD travel care and for all your transport requirements from a private minibus to luxury air-conditioned coaches, giving you the perfect solution each time. Travel and comfort, driving style of PFD travel. You can call that MJ on 087-624-8831 or email pfarltransport at yahoo.com. You can also be found on Facebook at Transport Limited. We can also be found on Facebook ourselves, uh, on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. If you haven't subscribed on YouTube, please do. Uh, you can follow on Apple or Spotify. Five-star ratings on both platforms are a big, big help, as you've seen in the charts as well. So don't be afraid of that. Uh, we have a Buy Me a Coffee link if you're interested in supporting us. Uh, a couple of people did, actually, uh, last week. So thank you very much for that. And uh, if you wish to do so, it's not compulsory. 
Um, but uh, the lads are putting in a bit of an effort there as well. So uh, it's nice when when uh, people value that and appreciate that. Uh, if any additional sponsors want to come on board, there's absolutely no problem either. You can email irishf1show at gmail.com. Thanks to you for tuning in and looking, and obviously to our listeners who listen back afterwards as well. Until next time, goodbye and take care. <laughs>